You're listening to the Cultivate Purpose Podcast for the driven go-getter girl boss who is working and ready to take action towards turning that passionate side hustle into a full-time life that you love and are excited to wake up to every day. I'm your host, Chantel, owner of a boutique wedding and event planning company, writer, educator, and mindset motivator, and lover of all things pink. So without further ado, let's get to it, girlfriend. with Caitlin from Ellen and Cass. Um, She is a badass business babe and founder of this luxury beauty planning brand and honestly one of the sweetest people I've ever met and we actually haven't even met in person which is so funny and why I love technology. (laughs) Um, So we're going to chat today a little bit about how we met um, and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of building a business, dealing with difficult clients, and recovering from mistakes in business. I do want to get into that whole backstory of how you got started. So we want to kind of start there and just jump right into, you know, what what gave you the idea of starting your business? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, first of all, that's like an amazing introduction and super sweet. Thank you so much. Um, And we will meet soon. I absolutely promise. I'm going to be out your way in a month or so, so we're going to make it happen. But yeah, so kind of getting into my background pre-Ellen and Cass, is I was born and raised in Las Vegas. And originally the idea for like a concierge service for beauty kind of happened when I was growing up is my mom and I would want to get ready for special events because my dad being an attorney, he has some clients who would have some special events or dinners or things of those nature. And we really just didn't want to have to stress about you know, the Google search or, you know, asking people around or just trying to figure it out on our own because it took a lot of time and a lot of effort and like we were super stressed out about it. And so we'd kind of go through that and had good experiences, bad experiences and put it on the back burner really as far as the idea goes. One of those like, oh, that's a great idea, you know, kind of shove it to the wayside. And then I went to college. I went to the University of San Diego And after I graduated, about six months after I graduated is kind of when the idea resurfaced because I'd been in a sorority when I was in college and kind of saw a lot of my friends almost dealing with the same thing I was when I was growing up, just trying to get ready for these dances or for these interviews or things like that. Things that they wanted to have like a really special moment and feel like their absolute best selves without having to stress about it. And so after that is when my mom and I revisited the idea and said, you know what? It's weird that no one is doing this. And it's really an experience that we wanted and still do want. And I think everyone deserves to have kind of like that luxury experience, not necessarily in price point, but feeling like their ultimate self without having to stress about it. And so that's how the idea of L1 and Cast was basically born and then actually developed. So that's kind of a bit of my background with that. Love that it started out with you and your mom. It's the same thing with like me and doing the wedding planning. Um, you know, I would my mom would just be obsessed with the wedding magazines and we'd look at them together and we'd talk about like my wedding one day. So it's just it's so great how it kind of ties in even that early, like in your life to become 
into place so much further down the road. And so having your own business, was that something you had imagined yourself being able to do kind of earlier on? Like, what did that kind of look like for you? as? A- yeah, no, totally. I mean, when we came up with the idea, you know, it was, again, almost like the resurgence of a brand new idea sort of thing. And then as we got into it, we're like, you know what, we've kind of always struggled with this. Like, how did we not put two and two together? But I always look at it like things are supposed to happen in your life when they're meant to happen. And so when I was growing up, it just wasn't the timing for ourselves to do it. And I don't think it was the timing really for people in general to want that, you know? And so having your own business, was that something you had imagined yourself being able to do kind of earlier on? Like, what did that kind of look like for you as Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually, I remember distinctly my senior year, I was in a global management class and my teacher probably two weeks before the end of the semester had asked the class, you know, who wants to have their own business? And I was one of the ones who raised my hand because I've never liked the idea of having a nine to five, sitting in a cubicle, just like typing away, especially since my dad has his own business. And so I grew up from being a baby till now that he owns his own business. You know, he has the autonomy. He, you know, works harder than anyone, but it's a life that he wants. And so I remember my teacher asking that, I being probably one of third of the class who raised their hand and he said, okay, great. Now, you know, have an idea. And so you're kind of like, oh, all right, well, I guess I do need to have the idea. And you know, the the gumption really to go for it and to really plan it out. And so that always was my idea, but I'm a very practical person. And so after I graduated, my mom and I took about six months, like four to six months, really planning out the business. Was it feasible? Kind of who did we want to go after? And, you know, it's morphed now since what it originally was, but we really took the time to figure it out because I didn't just want to jump in head first and then be scrambling when it could have been a lot easier. Great. I love all that prep that you kind of put into it prior. Um, so in that beginning process and those beginning stages, what were some struggles or like pros and cons that you kind of faced during that process of getting started? Yeah, I mean, some of the pros and cons, you know, I think from most businesses are like, how do I get discovered in a way? Like, how do I show people that what I'm doing is something that they really want or that they really need? And I think because it stemmed from a personal need as well. So I figured it would be easier, but it's still, it's figuring out really where your niche is and what you feel very comfortable in projecting. So for me, it was always like, okay, I want to feel that no matter what, what I'm telling people is something I wholeheartedly believe in because this is something that I wanted. This is the process that I wanted. And so that was kind of more so one of the bigger struggles was just figuring out how to reach people the correct way, you know, and in a way that I felt super comfortable with because I am not a salesy person. Like those people in the mall at the kiosk that like shove things in your face, I hate them. (laughs) I'm always like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. And so I was like, I'm not going to be that, you know? So it was really trying to figure out my own way within the business and how I felt super comfortable and just conveying that comfort to other people. Like, hey, this is something that I really wanted. This is what it's supposed to do for you. If that doesn't work, that's totally fine. I just want the best for you. And ultimately, that really is just what I want for people. 
it, it definitely, I, I would agree in, the, in those starting stages, kind of nailing down that niche and like that target and then trying to be intentional in who you want to reach and then trying to figure out that process of, okay, now how do I go find that person? Um, it, it's always, I feel like in any type of creative business, it's always the struggle. So what were some ways that you kind of outreached and promoted yourself um, in, in that type of business? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, it kind of morphed from what we originally started out. So now we primarily focus, you know, as far as the beauty concierge, beauty planning with more special events, more like weddings or birthday parties or bat mitzvahs, things of those nature. We originally kind of started corporate and we still do some of those, but, you know, so it was kind of the shift from that and even corporate to special event really just getting to people started kind of from like a grassroots movement sort of way. Like I just would blindly reach out to people. You know, I got super comfortable with rejection and the possibility of it happening. And my biggest belief really in what, and I always say this to myself, is that the worst anyone is ever going to say is no. And that's really not that bad. Because then you're just right back where you started. You're not forward. You're not backward. You're just in the same spot. And so you can take it from that spot and say, okay, if somebody said no, then you know what? On to the next. Like they weren't meant for me or we weren't meant to work together or we're not meant to work together right now. You know, so it's never saying that like it's the end, but it's also not letting yourself get too wrapped up in rejection. It's just, it's, it's a part of business. It's a part of life. And and so I primarily now get a lot of work from referrals, but even those, like I reach out to people via networking, social media, you know, just really try to genuinely get to know people on a personal level and then worry about business later. That's great. Yeah. I, I love that you brought up um, kind of that fear about hearing no and that rejection, because I feel like for a lot of people that want to start their own business. Um, that fear is always there and just like, well, what if, you know, what if it doesn't work out or what if, um, you know, I can't find these clients or what if this person says no? And I feel like for me too, I just kind of, I'm an introvert, like major introvert, but I got really good at reaching out to people and just, you know, putting myself out there. And I'm really glad I did because it does kind of transform and you do get used to the no, but it just means that there's a yes that's coming next. So that's try, that's like where I try to focus my mind as well, um, you know, because of course it, that possibility of a no is there, but when that yes comes, it's going to be so awesome and it's so worth all of the no's that you receive when you do get that yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my mom and I still talk about this a lot, but you know, you win some and you lose some clients all the time. And I will be completely honest, I am super competitive and I hate to lose. But for me, it's also like, you know what, it just wasn't the right fit for them. And maybe they found what they were looking for on their own. And that's wonderful. I would rather they have that than not. Like I'm here if you really, really need help, you know, or you're unsure you or you just don't have the time, you don't want to worry about those things. But again, it's also one of those like, if you come from a f place of fear, you're always going to be afraid. 
and you're probably never going to move forward the way that you want or feel completely comfortable within yourself and with your business. But if you come from a place of abundance and saying, you know what, if this person says no, I'm going to get another inquiry. I'm going to get another booking. It's okay. If you come from that place of comfort within yourself where you're very comfortable with the fact that rejection is a part of life and it's not the the complete end of everything, then it's amazing how your business and your life in general transforms. Like I now come from that place where I'm like, you know what? Someone says no, that sucks, but there's going to be another one and I'm going to be able to help another person. And that's completely fine for me. I love that mindset. Um, You know, I feel like it's kind of a process that transforms through a lot of entrepreneurs or creative business owners um, from that starting point to, you know, a few years down the road, once you're kind of doing it, uh, even in myself, I've seen my mindset and just the way that I look at my business totally transform from when I first started. Um, So it's really great. So jumping into what, you know, what you actually do when you're in, in the field there, um, can you tell us a little bit about what that process looks like from starting to work with a client leading up to that actual day? Totally. Yeah. So it kind of varies for each client, but in general, I really like to get to know the client before I can ever quote them anything because I work for clients in Southern California, but also all across the U.S. and some international ones too. So pricing varies amongst their area, especially with weddings, like where they're getting married, pricing varies. And so I always try to get a sense of them being like, okay, you know, tell me the basic stuff, like how many services are you needing? What are you needing? But then really tell me, how do you want the day to go? Like, how do you want to feel? You know, like what, what is the whole vibe that you want for your hair and makeup? How do you want your bridal party to feel? Tell me about you. What are your hobbies? Where do you like to shop? What's most important to you in this process? Is it quality? Is it communication? Is it, you know, cost? What are we looking at here? Just that way I get a real sense of them because I like to match the artist to the client based on the best fit for the client, which includes things like their budget and the style that they're going for, and even personality. You know, if I can tell that someone's super bubbly and they're super energetic, like they're probably going to want someone who's going to show that much enthusiasm for their wedding day on the day and prior to it as well. And so I really try to be very specific about that. And once I get those details, and this can be either via email, text, phone call, kind of whatever the preferred method is for my clients, And then from there, I work on, I send them a few portfolio options, usually two to three of artists who are within their budget and within the style and say, you know what, kind of let me know your thoughts. Is there somebody you prefer? And some clients don't want that. They just trust me to set them up with whoever, but other ones kind of like the option they want to choose. And then from there, I handle all of the setup for any trials, all of the communication with the artists. I handle the billing for the client as well. So really just, I, you know, say the client, all right, they're going to show up here. They're going to do your trial. I check in with them afterwards and then everything else for the day of them. Like you can just sit back and relax. And I'm the one who's busy working in the background while you can just enjoy the rest of your engagement kind of thing. Sounds so much fun. I would love that. <laughs> um, it can be fun. 
there's there's sometimes it's stressful as most things can be but for the most part it's fun it's fun getting to know people yeah absolutely and just being able to travel like all over um kind of leads me into my next question having you know that scope of working with so many different people across the country with different styles and and um personalities how do you kind of handle that and also is there maybe a situation that you've dealt with that hasn't didn't go as well as you would have hoped oh for sure I mean I think that's kind of part of growth I mean I don't like it when those situations happen but it's really I realized how I react to them and how I handle them that's what matters in the end but yeah so back to the first part is kind of managing the different artists and the different styles and personalities and things like that I actually got really good with my systems And so I have one system that's completely devoted to clients and one that is completely devoted to the hair and makeup artists. And so since everyone has completely different pricing is that is I'll submit, say, an event with my one program to the hair and makeup artists and only to the ones that I think are a good fit already. And then they can let me know if they're available or they're not available if they're interested. And also they're able to submit a proposal to me. So I can keep all of the numbers straight for myself and for the client. And I can be like, oh, that's more of a travel fee than they were anticipating. That's probably not going to work. Oh, but this one works. And this is the artist that I wanted anyway. And so I'm able to kind of, you know, go around all the like back and forth emailing because I was really struggling with that as it got bigger. So I was like, I can't keep going back through all of these email trains trying to figure out if they're available, if they're not available. This is really annoying. And so I was able to find that program probably middle of last year, and it's just completely changed my productivity. I mean, in the beginning, it was so good that I literally felt like I wasn't working hard enough because I just wasn't waiting for emails anymore. And yeah, so it was really interesting, but great for that. Um, And then also kind of just as you're saying, like where it didn't go super well. I mean, I've had it even as simply where I thought that the makeup artist that I set up for a client was going to be perfect. You know, she's normally super energetic, like over the top. The bride was, I could tell someone who's super, super excited about her day and loves beauty in general, just wanted someone who was almost jumping up and down with her. And for some reason, the day of the trial, it went beautifully, but the bride afterwards like, yeah, she just didn't seem like she had as much energy. She seemed kind of spacey. And I was like, hmm, that's really odd. Like that, that's not normal for her. She might've just been having an off day, but you know what? That's totally fine. We can set up a different trial with someone else. I'll take care of it. It's kind of like a gift on me sort of thing. Um, And so we just set her up with someone else and it was fine. But that's also one of the benefits that most clients come to me for is if for some reason it doesn't work out, either with the trial or some family emergency comes up or things like that and the artist that they have can't do it anymore is... I will have already figured out a replacement who is of equal caliber, the same pricing, you know, the whole nine for them. And I just basically like, hey, they can't do it anymore, but don't worry, you're all taken care of. Just expect a different person kind of thing. Like here's their name and everything. So they literally don't have to have that moment of panic like, oh God, what do I do now? You know, it's that, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know kind of thing. So
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I like you said, I feel like those difficult situations do come in, in any type of, you know, service-based business especially. Um, but learning to kind of merge with those situations and having that positive way of bouncing back with, you know, turning it around, I think is great. It's also, I've noticed, difficult because people are so different and you don't know how they're going to perceive things or, you know, how things are going to come across differently to another person. Um, I actually took like a whole class on this and it's so, even just going through some words and how you interpret them and how others interpret them, it's just so different. (laughs) So it's, it's really kind of crazy to, to think about because it, it, it is difficult to kind of read how people will perceive things um, when we think that they're going to perceive them one way. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's why the end of last year, I really added on kind of my questionnaire with people is like, what's the most important part of this process to you? Um, because then at that point, like I kind of can get from a base standpoint of where are they coming at? You know, if they're most concerned about quality, then I'm going to talk to them about quality because that's what they care about more. You know, if communication's their thing, they're going to be the type that if you can answer them within 24 hours, they're going to absolutely love you because their time is valuable. You know, they're probably super busy. And so that's kind of the best way for them. And so I really have tried to just kind of speak back to them in the language that they speak to me and, you know, kind of thing. So kind of staying in this topic range, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, obviously in this, as a creative business owner, we face these difficult situations and sometimes we get down on ourselves and sometimes we're just like, well, just throw in the towel because I I can't do this anymore. How do you kind of bounce yourself back from that type of situation and keep yourself going knowing that those situations are going to come and go? Yeah. So I have a perfect example of this. This actually happened like two days ago. I had one of those days where just basically everything was just imploding. It felt like it was one of those days that I sent out emails, didn't get, you know, good responses back and was getting yelled at by people back and forth. I was forgetful. Just so many things were just going wrong. Like when it rains, it pours. And I was just like, you know what? This is just a bad day. And whenever that happens, I literally just stop. I just don't email anymore. I just kind of take it as like an off day. I completely reset. I go do something else. I go watch a movie. You know, I leave the house or I or do something that's completely off of work just to kind of reset myself. And then, you know, I'll usually chat with my mom or something like that too and kind of bring me back to that. But really, I found that recovering from those really difficult days or days where you're questioning yourself is just, you know, kind of remind yourself why you started. And then also just give yourself some grace. It's like, it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go do something else. And everyone will be there tomorrow. And it's fine. I love that. Um, It's actually something I started doing as well when I have those days and I love that you say that you do the same thing because sometimes I feel guilty about doing that because it's like now I'm just really not getting anything done but I think it's definitely something that we need to do because it just takes us out of that difficult situation because as you said when it rains it pours and we're just going to kind of keep on that that train of different things 
going wrong, so we just kind of need to step out of that situation and go do something, even if it's just taking a walk outside or, you know, something simple that just kind of resets our whole entire mind and system. And it really does make an extreme difference when you do come back to what you were doing and just feeling completely transformed in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. And and like what you said is I do feel that guilt a lot of the time, but I've just started, you know, saying like it's okay. So when you're kind of in the office and not out in the field doing um you know, the beauty side of things, what does a typical work day kind of look for you? What do you do as daily tasks to make sure you're continually like kind of working on your business as well? Yeah. So most of what I do a lot of the times, it does involve like all the communication side of things. So a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls and meetings as well, but not necessarily all the time. A lot of it for me is, you know, keeping track of stuff with the artists and be like, okay, this is all set up. I check in with the clients prior to the trial or the day of and make sure they have all the information. Same thing for the hair and makeup artists. So a lot of it is just kind of, you know, admin-ish type stuff. But really upkeeping for my business too is I go to networking events probably once or twice a week, you know, show face and like actually interact with a lot of the people that I work with, whether they're planners or photographers or other vendors like that too. And It's kind of like a nice night out for me as well, because I typically work from home. I'm just one of those, like I'm very efficient from home. So I rarely go to a coffee shop and work from there. But yeah, I mean, most days kind of consist of I get up and I make some hot tea and I spend like 30 minutes to 45 minutes scrolling through Instagram, but not like mindless. I do it in a way to like catch up with friends is how I reframe it. Of like, you know what? What's going on in everyone's life? Like, what did you do yesterday? Oh, that was really cool. Or, you know, that was a great wedding. Or, oh my gosh, you're sick. I'm really sorry. Kind of thing. Um, And then after that, probably around 8 a.m.-ish is when I start looking at emails. And so I'll do emails for a few hours. Then I go to the gym because that's also like my meditation, my sanity. And then I come back, probably do more email type stuff. And I just take strategic breaks throughout the day so that I'm still fresh of mind and, you know, I still feel good about what I'm doing and I don't feel stressed out or, you know, my body isn't sore because I'm sitting for too long kind of thing. That's kind of like a typical day for me. I love the different um, kind of aspects you get with doing the different things, even though you're kind of just doing those admin tasks. Um, Sometimes I do kind of get mindlessly lost in Instagram and it's, also something I've been working on is being more intentional on Instagram because obviously it's such a valuable tool for business. You know, we've connected so much on that, not having met. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think even with a lot of the people that I've met in the industry, it's been such a valuable tool for my business as well. Um, and then jumping back to what you had said about, you know, going to those shows and, and networking because obviously that's how we met and that was an awesome experience. And I think it's also important because you get out there and you meet all these other people in your industry because it's really a big part of, you know, what you do to get out there and meet other people that you could potentially work with, um, you know, making those connections and just kind of getting out of that 
office setting and getting to go glam up to go to the amazing Matt Gala. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, meeting people that you get to connect with like this down the road. Totally. And I'm one of those people that say like for the not Gala, because there's going to be a lot of people going and maybe it's a lot of people I've connected with on Instagram or Facebook, but we haven't met yet in person is usually I'll reach out to them prior and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be going to the not Gala. Am I going to see you there? Like, I would love to just meet in person briefly if you're going to be there. And so I kind of just set myself up for a few initial connections and then just kind of let the rest of the night flow. But I like to maximize my time. So rather than doing like a lot of mini trips or like mini coffee dates or things here and there, I'll usually try to figure out if people are going to be in the same spot. Because then you can just chat for like a good five, 10 minutes and then plan like a later meeting. But you've made that connection. You put the face to the name and then you can just let the rest of it flow and maybe you'll meet people you didn't anticipate to meet, but then you've just kind of like done part of it for your business and part for fun already. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Especially because you travel so much for your business. It's so great to have like the connections that you've made over here um, on the East coast, as well as over on the West coast or, you know, anywhere. Um, definitely is, is great to have so when you're when you are traveling to those places you can still kind of keep those relationships going um so off topic question just kind of a fun question what is your favorite to go order at your favorite hometown restaurant oh this becomes difficult because for me I'm like a suit like a huge foodie so like do you mean brunch do you mean dinner like <laughs> I get real weird about it. Um, you pick one. <laughs> okay, I'll just pick one because I really love brunch, so we'll do brunch. Um, I really, I vacillate between either like an eggs Benedict type of thing or chilaquiles. Like I really like chilaquiles, and normally my problem is I don't order it as often because it comes a lot of chips, and I don't eat all of them. And then I feel bad about not eating all of them. <laughs> it's a major internal struggle over here. I'm such a foodie too. And it's so funny because we're about an hour from the city. So, you know, my boyfriend and I, he's like all about the city and he's, he drives in the city. So, you know, he's fine with just like whipping through the lanes and, and whatnot. <laughs> but we just make random trips when we go down there just to like get a slice of pizza, um, you know, go to one of the awesome restaurants but there's just so much good stuff to eat that it's just it's really bad yeah well especially where you're at like you have so many options like I just that's usually like when I travel or I go somewhere I literally leave it up to the local person you know they ask me they're like oh is there anywhere you want to try nope I trust you you're local like, you know what's going to be good rather than maybe some hyped up Instagram famous restaurant kind of thing. But yeah, the struggle. So normally I'll just kind of like go to places I go to all the time, even though I want to try new places, but like just too many options. That's definitely our struggle too. We always, every night it's like, what's for dinner? And we're like tired of the same thing, but then we never really like go new places. But at the same time, we do kind of find these random places that we end up trying that 
turn into like our favorites and then we'll go there over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, totally. I do the exact same thing. Like there's this local ale house that I go to. It's this tiny hole in the wall. And I found it through a friend of mine probably, I don't know, five-ish years ago. And literally it's one of those that I just go when I want like my local hole in the wall and I want a good burger. But I don't think I would have chosen it kind of thing. And because I found it, I just now go there all the time if I want burgers, even though people are like, you should go over here. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I'm going to still go over here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So to kind of tie all of this into a pretty bow, um, what would be something that you wish you knew kind of starting out? And also what would be kind of a good piece of advice for somebody that is starting out that maybe you learned later down the road that you wish you kind of learned sooner on? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, just to have patience kind of thing. Like, I have always been one of those that I wanted certain stages of business or life to happen by a certain age or within a few months or things like that. But it takes time because what you're doing is you're cultivating relationships. And you want to maintain those relationships, not just for a business level, but really just kind of on a personal level. Because when you have trust with someone, trust leads to business. And you have to go at it as like, it's a long term thing. And there are plenty of relationships with planners or photographers, other vendors in general, that I went into that I just said, you know what, I just like them as a person. If we work together, wonderful. If we don't, that's okay as well. Like you're not going to work with everybody. And I think it took nine months to a year before they even sent me a referral or we've even worked together. Like it took a long time, but I just didn't keep thinking like, well, you know, we connected, like, why don't I have an inquiry next week? Because as I look at it on our side, it's like, maybe it's not the right timing. Maybe it's not the right timing for them either. So I would just say with business in general, when you're starting a business is just know, yes, the amount of effort you put into it is what you get out of it, but also just be patient because, you know, good things do take time. And so you just kind of have to look at it like, all right, it's a long-term thing. I want a business to last, not have a business that only lasts like maybe a year or two. Yeah. I love that you said about patience. Um, being something that is important because the same thing for me kind of starting out I just wanted to be at the level that I was seeing on Instagram and you know Instagram can also be just evil because you're, you're seeing the highlight reel and maybe you're seeing somebody else's middle whereas you're just starting out so it, it always puts that pressure on you um, so it took some time for myself as well to kind of get that level of patience that I really need to know that one day I'll be at that level, but it's going to take time and work and lots of hustle to get there. And even still, it's so worth it. And it's just so much fun. And that part has been, you know, that process has just been amazing, I feel like. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and I went through that too. I still do a little bit, but I started, I think about a year into the business, sort of reframing how I looked at other people's success is that if one of my colleagues or friends got this amazing feature, got to work with this amazing client, 
instead of being like, oh, I wish that was me. I just showed so much excitement for them that I genuinely felt, but I just exuded it and was like, oh my God, congrats. Like, I'm so excited for you. Like, I'm never jealous at this point anymore. It just kind of, you know, makes me look at it and go, oh, that's amazing. Like, they worked hard to get there. And whatever my version of that is coming. So what's the point in like being upset about it? Because that's just way too much wasted energy in my mind. I just don't have the time to waste that type of energy. Well, I thank you so, so, so much for taking the time out to um, be on the podcast. I'm really excited to connect more. And I can't wait to see you when you come over here. We definitely will be getting together. (laughs) Yes. No, for sure. We're going to make that happen because I come in February. And yeah, it's pretty much just going to be like, you know, hanging around and seeing people. So I don't have like anything pressing. So we're going to make something happen, whether it's coffee or lunch or anything. We're both foodies, so we'll figure something else. Brunch. We can do brunch. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and took away at least one thing from it. Definitely go check out my girl because she is super awesome and talented. And we will see you back next time.